Welcome to Late Edition Crime Beat Chronicles, a Lee Enterprises podcast. I'm Amber Moten, the producer and editor of the show, filling in for Nat Cardona, who's taking some well-deserved time off. Our next few episodes are going to take us back to the late 1800s through the 1920s, to Osage County in Oklahoma, with the help of and in partnership with reporters from the Tulsa World, the daily newspaper for the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and primary paper for the northeastern and eastern parts of the state. Before we dive into those conversations, a tiny bit of background. Over the next set of episodes, we are going to cover the Osage Reign of Terror, a series of murders of members of the Osage tribe and those who supported them that took place in the 1920s. By all accounts, these crimes are committed by people attempting to gain control of the Osage's oil rights and the profits from it. We'll cover some of the history of the tribe, the crimes themselves, the investigation by the BOI, which later became the FBI, and later a look at the crime's place in pop culture captured in books, newspapers, and the soon-to-be-released Martin Scorsese film Killers of the Flower Moon, which was filmed in the same area that the events took place. But back to the beginning. I spoke with Randy Crable of the Tulsa World, someone we'll hear from several times as we tell this story, about how the Osage tribe ended up in what is now Oklahoma. Uh, my name is Randy Crable. I've been at the Tulsa World since 1979 came here as a sports writer and did that for about 13 years, switched over to news. And over the years, I've written a a lot of things. Well, I've written about a lot of different subjects, uh, but I've uh, written a lot about history uh, and the history of this era. I actually uh, published a book several years ago on the 1921 race massacre, and uh, I've written a book on the history of the Tulsa world and the city of Tulsa. And so all of these things are, are, are uh, really interesting to me. And, uh, and some things, you know, you kind of know about for a while and some things you don't. Uh, my, my main job actually is covering uh, state and federal government. What kind of led you to writing about the Osage tribe, the, their reign of terror and everything that goes into the story of killing of the flower moon? You know, I'd actually written a little bit about it probably 15 years ago or something like that. Nothing nothing in depth like, you know, the book or the, the David Grand book or some of the other books that have been written about it. And I got into it. And, um, oh, it's just like a lot of other things. It, it, it's, you know, part of our our story. It's part of how we, we got here. And... Um, you know, I think I was probably somewhat fascinated, if that's the right word, by <laughs> just <laughs> just how terrible some of these people were, and but and also, you know, the, the the people who were victimized by them too. You know, so it's you know it's part of who we are, and uh, not only you know in Oklahoma, but really uh, across the country, and. Um, it's it's part of it's part of the history that you know we probably don't like to think about as much. It it doesn't uh, doesn't make us feel as good as Fourth of July. Kind of, I guess, on that topic, I think people 
obviously in Oklahoma, but people of a certain age, I guess I should say, because I'm not sure that it's necessarily being taught as widely as it used to be, are aware of, you know, like the Trail of Tears and the establishment of, you know, Indian territory. But like, Mm -hmm. people may not be familiar with the existence of the Osage people and everything they went through. So can you just kind of talk a little bit about how they ended up in what is now Tulsa um, and kind of what what went into that? The Osages originally were a very large tribe and they, uh, they're they sort of their home grounds, at least at the time of, you know, European encounter was most of the state of uh, Missouri and, uh, and, and some of Arkansas and then out onto the plains in Kansas and Oklahoma. And in, in the 1800s, then, uh, they were kind of uh, pushed by treaty uh, into a, uh, an area in Missouri. And then that, and, and then into Kansas. And uh, in 1872, they sold their reservation in Kansas and bought. 1.7 million acres from the Cherokee Nation, um, and uh, for their what became their final reservation, and uh, because they bought their reservation, they they owned it. They had they, they had a title to it. Um, it gave them a little different status going forward, and uh, and it allowed them to uh, get some concessions then. When the state of Oklahoma was created, uh, really in 1906, but Oklahoma didn't become a state until 1907. But but by that time, they had been reduced to you know just a few thousand people. They all all of that uh, moving around and being squished together, and they'd undergone a lot of uh, illness and so forth. So they they were down by statehood. They were down to fewer than 2,500 people living on the reservation. It's my understanding that the Osage land that they had, it wasn't, I guess, the most hospitable, especially when it comes to like agriculture. So how did they initially, I'm assuming they didn't buy it and then strike oil immediately. No, actually. Yeah. So the story is, is that they actually chose that land because they thought it was the least uh, attractive to uh, white people and they would be left alone. And uh, the story that uh, Chief Standing Bear tells, and others have told the story too, is that they sent out these scouting parties and they told them to throw their spear into the ground. And if the spear stuck, they were supposed to move on because it meant the soil was too thick and too rich and, and there'd be white people coming for it. But if they threw their spear into the ground and it fell over because it had hit rock, that's where they wanted wanted to be. And so... The story is, again, that they actually chose pretty poor uh, agricultural land. Now, it almost immediately didn't work out that way because it wasn't very good for farming, but it was very good for for grazing. And they had, uh, you know, the cattlemen from uh, Texas driving cattle up into Kansas. So they they wound up, you know, making a fairly good living off leasing their, their land to the cattlemen for grazing. That's a great visual, though, um, the story that you said that it was Chief Standing Bear, right? That he said yeah, about the right. spears. That's a great visual. We have to take a quick break, so don't go too far. 
An important thing to note is that in 1887, the Dawes Act divided up communally owned reservations into privately owned allotments as a way to force Native Americans to assimilate, to make each member of the tribe an owner of 160 acres and selling the quote-unquote surplus land to non-Natives. This made tribal members private property owners and effectively ended their communal way of living. Since the Osage bought their land outright, they were exempt from the allotments under the Dawes Act. Instead, Chief James Bigheart insisted on what is known as the Osage Allotment Act in 1906, where the Osage allotted all of their land to their people, giving 657 acres each to the over 2,200 registered Osage. I also spoke with Jimmy Trammell, pop culture writer at the Tulsa World. Hey, I'm Jimmy Trammell. I'm a pop culture writer at the Tulsa World, a newspaper in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and TulsaWorld.com. I was a sports writer for 25 years, but for the last 10 years, I've been our pop culture person. You know, I think everybody or most people of a certain age anyway, should be familiar with the Trail of Tears and everything with how Oklahoma was formed, but they may not have, you know, all of the insight into what happened with the Osage people. What what you just said is fascinating and said, you know, should know, I think maybe the words you use, we should have known about this. But uh, like the Tulsa Race Massacre of the 1920s, uh, the Osage Reign of Terror occurred in the same era. And uh, until recently, I think many people not, I mean, Oklahomans and around the world were not familiar with these things. Sometimes it takes pop culture to bring awareness to these things that the history uh, books haven't told us. Like the movie, uh, the HBO's Watchmen brought the Tulsa Race Massacre into the consciousness. And I think uh, this movie, uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, is, bring, is doing the same thing to bring the awareness to the Osage Reign of Terror. Yes, and thank you for mentioning the film. It's called Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes, filmed in Oklahoma where, on the same turf where the actual Osage Reign of Terror happened. At one point in history, the uh, the Osage Nation, uh, it's, it's a tribe, one of many tribes in Oklahoma, prior to statehood, Oklahoma was known as Indian Territory because all the tribes uh, had land here that uh, where their people could live, and maybe this would never be a state, but actually it became a state in 1907. But uh, the Osage land, I think a lot of people would say, was not the best land in Oklahoma. But guess what? Oil was found under that land, and the Osage people became uh, like the wealthiest people on earth overnight almost. And then what happens when uh, money is involved is uh, greed, betrayal, and in this case, even murder, where uh, there were serial murders of the Osage because people wanted their oil money. It's funny how money can motivate people to do such heinous things, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, brings out the worst in people in, in many occasions. And, and eventually you hope someone will step up and do right. But if you when you read the book, Killers of the Flower Moon, you'll see that many people who should have known better were conspirators in this. What kind of wealth? Do you know how that translates you know, into terms to current day? Well, this kind of wealth, okay? When they would uh, run out of gas in an automobile that they had purchased, rather than just fill up with a new tank of gas, they would be so like, oh, here's a new car. So that kind of money. 
that does incite less scrupulous people to do bad things, definitely. And that's where we're going to leave the story for today. Thanks for listening to Late Edition Crime Beat Chronicles. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss our next episode where we discuss the crimes that became known as the Osage Reign of Terror.